0: Welcome to Step Into the Story, incredible conversations of how the Bible changes lives, changes families, and changes communities across the globe. And here's your host, Phil Tuttle of Walk Through the Bible.
1: Welcome to Step Into the Story. Each time we get together, we meet with a special guest and explore the intersection in his or her life of their story and God's story. And today's conversation, I know you're gonna love this one. I've been looking forward to it. Uh, um, Chris Tigreen, welcome to Step Into the Story. Thanks, great to be here. You know, Chris, your your bio kind of, like all bios do, greatly simplify your life. And um, you know, you are an award-winning author, more than 60 books. I know um, we served together at Walkthrough for a long time. and. Um, I don't know if I ever told you about this or not, I used to, one of my life goals was to read more books in a year than you wrote, and uh, just really drawing the line high, actually read a lot more than that. Um, but you've been prolific author and in addition to the 60 that, that you wrote solo, uh, collaborating on um, a number of books with different authors, me included. We'll talk some about that. Um, Now your career has taken a a different course, but you continue with the writing. And for many who have, um, if you've connected with Walk Through the Bible uh, for much time at all, you've probably been impacted by Chris's writings. And if not today, you're going to be introduced to somebody that you really need to let God use to speak into your life. Like he has with mine, but we're getting way ahead of ourselves. As uh, as is easy to do with this. Let, let's take let's take the story way back. Chris, tell me about um, your growing up years. Where'd you grow up? Um, tell us a little bit about your family, that kind of thing.
2: Okay. Well, I grew up um, in Atlanta. lived uh, was born here. stayed here until I uh, went off to college. Um, didn't go far. went to Athens. Yep. <laughs> UGA. UGA. And. Um, but yeah, just uh, grew up um, kind of out near Stone Mountain uh, here. I uh, have a older sister, younger brother, um, and then we kind of went our separate ways uh, once we all got college age. And I lived at a lot of places um, after that. Uh, went to seminary after uh, college and then did ministry in, in several places in the United States and then overseas as well. Um, and then eventually, after after being a nomad for a while, I came back here and I uh, worked at a, uh, in a few editorial and writing positions, newspapers, and uh, communications offices here before coming to Walkthrough in
1: 2001. So, uh, So lots in that for us to explore. But um, go back to where, when you were young. When did you first um, realize that you had a gift for writing? Um, and um, can you tell us about a person or two who who also recognize that and nurtured that in you? Um,
2: yeah, it's kind of a, um, not something that that I really was very willing to accept or embrace.
1: Yeah. What <laughs> I, did you want yeah. to be when you were growing
2: up? Uh, I wanted to be... Um,
1: Running back for University of Georgia, probably. Right, yeah, right. Yeah.
2: I still have four years of eligibility. That, we, that's good to know. <laughs> so, good to know. Um, but... Yeah, I had a couple of high school teachers who told me I should go into writing. I mean, I can't remember what else I was thinking of doing at the time. Um, But I decided, okay, I could do that. I've always wanted to. Um, live overseas, explore other cultures. And so I, I got in my head I was going to be a journalist and, and a foreign correspondent um, who just kind of moved around to different places uh, with Associated Press or something like that. Uh, so I went to journalism school and about halfway through college really felt a strong call to missions to ministry yeah. um, and decided, well, yeah, I don't want to change my major. That'll take longer. I'm really anxious to get get on with things. So I finished my journalism major, but then just put writing aside. And then in seminary, I had a professor who said, you really should go into writing. Um, I'm like, no, no, was no. Was that no. your
1: preaching professor? Or who? That,
2: was, that was a spiritual formation class um, where we had to kind of write about our spiritual experiences wow. and, and that sort of thing. And so he suggested that, and I was like, nah, nah. Um, I've got other things to do. So anyway, after several years in ministry, make a long story short, uh, coming back to Atlanta and, and thinking, okay, i got to fall back on on something else for a while here to kind of fill in the gaps between other stuff I'm doing. I uh, got a job with newspapers, and that one thing led to another. And actually, my wife saw a, a posting for a position here at Walkthrough. I had never written a devotional before. I'd never written anything spiritual before, wow. uh, other than a few seminary assignments. Um, but I interviewed with Walkthrough, and and uh, the, the editor who interviewed me, Paula Kirk, yeah. um, said, well, we'd really like to see what your devotionals are like. I was like, okay. So I went home and wrote five What's that night. What's <laughs> devotional? Yeah. <laughs> so I wrote five that night and, and sent them back the next day, and, and um, they really liked them. And uh, so, um, yeah, that just kind of led to this, and ever since then I've been – Primarily writing devotionals, but you know, as you know, Bible Bible study curriculum, sure. um, topical books, and pretty that sort of
1: pretty broadly. Well.
2: So, as I kind of came into writing as a as a vocation or as a as a full time thing, um, almost against my will.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a lot of our story, honestly, yeah. and yeah. part of the focusing that God takes us through in our lives. Um, I read a quote the other day, and it's I've seen versions of this quote. Feel like my whole life, and so I don't even know who to attribute it to. But the essence of it was, um, it's it's very rare that God uses a person greatly until they've suffered deeply. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I've I've kind of been your agent for a long time, and <laughs> and have had you have no idea how many conversations with walkthrough supporters all over the country, as well as men and women who teach for us, you know, all over the world, as you know, we have ministry in about 130 countries and the seeing your impact in their lives. And, and um, one of the questions that I get asked a lot, still do is, is where does this, where does Chris get this stuff um, where where is the where does the depth come from hmm. and um, I mean I know some of your story um, I mean what are the what are the one or two no more than three times in your life when you've been through something really really hard that God used to take you deep with him because whether you realize it consciously or not, th- that is is what the impact, especially of your devotional writing, but the other things too that's what touches people like me when we read your your words where Where did that come from?
2: it's hmm. a it's a difficult question to answer. Um, uh, i I think I, I even as a teenager wrestled with a lot of Things I went through a period of being sort of an existentialist, <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, really started to kind of wrestle with implications of the gospel. I'd, I'd, we'd grown up in in church, our her family, um, and uh, got involved with the youth group, which was just a huge turning point in my life, but really wrestling with a lot of things. I didn't have a very tumultuous childhood externally, but it was incredibly tumultuous internally. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up with extreme social anxiety um, and to the point of people thinking, what's wrong with him? You know, that kind of thing. And and so that has all kinds of impact on relationships and how you perceive yourself and, and all of that. And so a lot of Deep wrestling over things like that. Um, uh, decisions that I've made as an adult that did not work out well. <laughs> Lord, where were you? And why didn't I get led in the direction I thought I was going to get led in? Or why didn't I thought I was following you? Why didn't this work out? Uh, so there's been some traumatic um, experiences as an adult. I mean, you know how life is. Everybody experiences uh things that just don't work out and can feel very traumatic. Uh, one of the big ones, I, I think, I mean, there's there were some relational things early in adulthood that that were just sort of catastrophic for me, but also um, my, my oldest son being in a um, car accident when he was 16 and having a traumatic brain injury mm-hmm. uh, and being in a coma and being told he's not going to live. Maybe he is going to live. He's never going to be the same and just how that worked out. Over the years, that was in 2001, and um, so that was that was not a um, a brief period of crisis. That was an ongoing dragging out, and and trauma has a way of kind of changing fi- family dynamics and yeah. <laughs> and yeah. bringing out a lot of people's um, uh, the things that they're wrestling with, uh, just bringing them front and center. And so there's relational attention. There's just the entire medical issue and how is he going to be and all of that. Um, All of these things are just kind of like, you know, I I don't, I don't write devotionals for people. I write about what I'm going through and kind of the inner workings of what God's dealing with, the big questions I have for him and Mm -hmm. how he's addressing those and thinking if this applies to me, it probably applies to a whole lot of other people too. So it's, yeah, it's, um you live life and <laughs> and god teaches you through
1: that yeah yeah uh, that's i mean i i love the way you answered that question i really do and um just reading you non-verbally it was like he's like no you didn't ans- ask me that did you but uh, but i mean that, i mean that's the that is the question and the answer to it i think there are a lot of people who've been touched by your writing, who are probably listening to this right now in their car, in their house, wherever, and they're just kind of nodding and go, okay, there's the missing piece. Uh, because especially during COVID, as so many, seems a higher percentage of people have experienced trauma in, in some way. And, and I mean, we're seeing in our ministry just greater openness to God and His Word because the places where we might normally look to answers mm-hmm. have disappointed us and mm-hmm. and you know and certainly that disappointment can we wouldn't be alone if we said, well I feel God has disappointed me during mm-hmm. this season too but that that is something that men and women in Scripture experienced a lot and yeah. um, it is the the jostling and the the struggle of life. Um, that makes us real. And, uh, it is, and, it, and you, you, you see
2: this in biblical characters all the time. I mean, the patriarchs' stories is, is incredible dysfunction in that family, and yet this is how God formed His people and forged this this nation that He was going to work through. And we see it, you know, all through Scripture, really. Um, uh, David, yeah. the prophets—it it just goes on and on. Uh, but this is this is. Uh, and that's the great thing about how god reveals himself to us it's he doesn't just give us instructions about or descriptions of here's who i am here's what i do it's in life experience and we read about it in other people's stories we experience it ourselves it's like that's the kind of stuff that really focuses our attention on who he is and what he's doing and how he works
1: you know there was time in well it's in several gospels but i think about luke 10 jesus having a conversation with a religious leader and, um, you you know, what's the, what's the greatest commandment or, or, or really the the question was what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus answered, he said, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, what a, what a great crystallization of this is. What it means to be a Christ follower is that. And Chris, I'm I'm telling you more than anybody that I've personally gotten to do life with, you have loved the Lord with all your heart, mm. with with all your strength, with all your soul, but with all your mind. Mm. And um, I guess I probably never put it in those words and and said that to you before. But but thank you because you've been one of those. Um, you know, for twenty years now you've been one of those voices that God has used to speak in into my life and um, I, I would just I would just say to those of you who are who are listening to this conversation, um, one of the nicknames Chris i've had for you, never told you this either <laughs> is is the Rutbuster um, hmm. <laughs> there you go um, because, because it, times in my life, and we all hit them. When when we go through a season of dryness, or you know, and even something like uh, I, I mean, I'm president. Walk through the Bible, of course, I need to be reading the Bible. Of course, I need to. But when it becomes more duty than delight, mm-hmm. um, on multiple occasions, God has used your writings to maybe not restore to me the joy of my salvation, but restore to me the joy in my communication with God and we've got a we've got a ton more to talk about but um, let's just take a a break for a minute we'll be right back for a whole lot more conversation Um, but here here's um, just a little information about one of the resources that Chris has written and how you can obtain it
0: acclaimed author Chris Tigreen has left an indelible mark on God's kingdom and walk through the Bible Chris has written many Walk Through the Bible resources, including Indeed Magazine, the one-year devotional books, and Story Through the Bible. Indeed Magazine is a bi-monthly devotional magazine that will help deepen your understanding of Scripture and explore God's heart. The one-year devotional books are packed with Scripture and focus on worship, the Kingdom of God, walking with God, and more. Story Through the Bible is a collection of Old Testament and New Testament stories that help you share God's word with your Sunday school class, small group, and more in a storytelling format. Find out more about Indeed Magazine at walkthrough.org slash Indeed Magazine, where you can download a free sample issue to see what it's like. We think you'll find it a treasured companion to your daily Bible reading and your walk with God. For more information about other resources by Chris, Go to walkthrough.org/shop. That's w-a-l-k-t-h-r-u.org/shop. Explore the heart of God and deepen your understanding of Scripture with Walkthrough the Bible.
1: Welcome back to Step into the Story and our continuing conversation with Chris Tigreen. Um, Chris, I want to I want to explore a little bit. How did you two meet? And um, she's not here to tell us the real version. So we'll, we'll accept <laughs> yours as, as reliable. But tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I'll do my best. I'm sure she could shed a lot more light on it. But um, actually, our parents were friends going way back. And I actually knew Hannah when she was one, two years old. Um, I was nine or 10 uh, at the time. And my, my sister used to babysit her. And huh. uh, so we, you know, over the years, you know, she. I went off to college, she, you know, obviously was in high school, we, you know, didn't see each other for for a number of years, didn't expect to, I mean, I just knew her as that little girl who <laughs> used to play with my brother and my sister babysat. Um, but um, uh, I, I uh, had served for a time in Thailand in, in missions and, and came back to the U.S., and she and my brother had reconnected, and so I started hanging out with them some, and, and we, uh, started getting to know each other better as adults, um, which we had not before. So, uh, um, one thing led to another, we, we eventually started dating and, and, uh, then got married and celebrated our, uh, 25th anniversary, uh, last year. And wow. so, yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, there, there's, there's a lot more in there, I guess, but, but that's kind of the, the um, in a nutshell.
1: I mean, you don't marry somebody to become a whole person. We're not supposed to be <laughs> half people walking around for who completes me. What's the biggest hole or gap in in your life that you would say, and that's one of the main reasons God put Hannah and me together?
2: Well, wow, there's probably a lot of things I could say there. Um, but uh, just, just the way she models healthy relationships and um is affirming uh in in ways that um that i really found refreshing and and really appreciated and built me up in ways that i didn't feel like i'd been built up before Uh, she would see things in me that other people hadn't necessarily seen uh always been an encourager um always uh, been able to To kind of see sides of an issue that I don't necessarily see, Um, and particularly uh, when it comes to relational dynamics of Mm -hmm. what's really going on, why is this person really acting this way? What's really underneath the surface there? Um, I've actually written a lot of devotionals based on her insights. (laughs) I I believe that (laughs) where where she's pointing something out, and I've gone, uh, I've taken that back to, oh, okay, where does this? that in what scripture says about human how human beings are wired and how we're made um and that sort of thing so she's been she's been a spark or a prompt for many of those as well um, but just a a, a a nurturing and encouraging person that i I just feel like has been and wonderful to experience mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: that's really cool you know in in your writings um well I I mean Bible storying and the orality movement is huge and one of, a couple of the first questions or the dominant questions that come out when you're using that method to teach is, you know, what does this story teach us about God? And then eventually, what does this story teach us about people? And that's caused me to read a lot of things through those filters now. Mm-hmm. And um, I I was, um, I'm using one of your older devotionals this year. Okay. And I uh, reading it and also seeing that, um, there's a pattern in your writing where you just, whatever that elusive balance is between letting the scriptures teach us about God, but also letting the scriptures teach us about ourselves, um, both the positive and the negative Mm -hmm. of, of that. Um, where did, where did your love for the Bible come from? How did God, you know, because I mean, our bios are so clean. You know, it was journalism <laughs> major undergrad that's right. went to seminary. Oh, that's where you get it. It's you know, it's part of it's it's included with your diploma. That's right. It's part of the package. Leave. Yeah, it's just all part of the package. And and, and later on, a, a master's in political science that tried to chip away at that, but you know, the foundation was there from seminary. <laughs> I mean, certainly we're we're thankful for the training we got. But that's not usually where the actual love for the word necessarily comes from. How did God build that into your life?
2: Um, that's a really good question. I, I, um, you know, you hear stories about people who, who, um, they they come to Christ and then there's this period of just having this insatiable desire for His, his Word. Um, I experienced that, but it was years after I. I had become a believer, um, mm-hmm. which happened in high school, uh, but somewhere in my in my uh, college experience, um, I I had what feels to me felt to me like this enormous awakening and just seeing the world completely different. I got involved with a couple of discipleship groups in a church that put a totally different spin. Um, nothing unorthodox, just it's like. This is different from the way I grew up seeing things. And, um, and for a couple of years, I was just like, I don't want to study. I want to read the Bible. Um, which wasn't great for grades, but, yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah. uh, but it was good for, for, uh, discipleship and, and learning about God. And, and, and then over the years, you know, there's that infatuation stage with scripture, which is wonderful and I, and God given. And I think it's the Holy Spirit drawing us into the truths of, of who God is and, and what his kingdom is like. But then there's also the questions that come up. And once you dig deeper into it, it's like, wait a minute, this is, this, all the dots don't connect,
1: yeah. always,
2: and there's some. And mess- it's not linear. It's not you linear, know, it's, and yeah. there's some messiness here. And this says this about God, and this says this about Him, and they're, they don't contradict each other, but they kind of present a different picture that both are true. But how do you, how do you fit those together? And, and in this experience of life, you know, which side of God are you seeing? And, um, and, and Scripture really goes, goes much deeper. And, and I think there's just this something in me that's like, uh, there's more here, there's more here, I got to find the more here. Um, I think it happened uh, over time, having grown up reading, or, or hearing Bible stories that are sort of two dimensional about characters, right. like Abraham did this, and then he did this. And what a great man of faith. Oh, without you know, the realizing Sunday
1: school microwave version, where man, we get to a happy ending quickly. Exactly. You, you know, yeah. and, and then and then you read these things as an adult and like that didn't make the cut uh, yeah. in sixth grade. And whoa, and yeah, this is like Abraham than I knew. Like, what
2: what happens when a great man of faith uh, thinks he hears God and he does hear God from our historical retrospect, but at the time thinks he hears God say, "Go kill your own son," yeah. and then what does that do to a marriage? Yeah,
1: <laughs> and what is Thanksgiving dinner like with? Sarah and Hagar and their descendants. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. so it's, it's, it's just this, it's not as clean, I mean, and, you know, you can't present all this to kids, so there's no wonder we grow up with the clean version and sure, uh, the tidy version. Um, but there's so much more there, and there's just, I've, I've never gotten to a point where I've thought, okay, I've got it all now. It's just there's always more there.
1: Uh, you mentioned earlier about living in Thailand um, for a while, and um, you and I have traveled together a, a good bit yeah. around, around the world. And, um, you know, I'll be teaching someplace, rolling out a new course for Walk Through the Bible, and it's given you some opportunities, and, and you know, people all over the world read your materials, have been translated into a lot of languages. Um, but what what is it about travel which I think we're both longing for <laughs> now um, after really having our wings clipped the yeah, last couple of years. What is it about travel that has been so rich in your life and getting to know other cultures and and even that affecting your view of God? Um, you want to ramble on that one for a while?
2: Sure, sure. I just, I love the variety of cultures and... Uh, the variety of people, the variety of uh, the, the geographical variety, everything that God has built into creation that's, that goes beyond just, um, you know, we all grow up in a certain situation, but there's so much more beyond that. Um, and e- even beyond Christendom, there's things in every culture that God has, I think God has worked into that culture to prepare mm-hmm. them for uh, for the gospel. And, and kind of looking at, these traveling and seeing these uh, cultures up close and living in them, not just as a tourist, but kind of getting in underneath and inside, um, and, and trying to make those connections. Okay, what is it about this belief system that connects with the gospel? Um, but even just appreciating uh, different customs and ways, you know, it's 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 not all antithetical to to our faith, a lot of it is God saying, there's a whole opportunity to express the faith in different ways here, and so how is that done? Mm. And, and I really think that's a big part of the task of missionaries and, and anybody who works cross-culturally, is to look at other cultures and go, okay, what does the gospel look like through this lens? Um, and and embrace a lot of what's there not everything obviously but a lot of what's there Uh, but it's just fascinating to see i love the geographical diversity i love the the diversity of weather i love the beautiful scenes i love the different clothing i love the different languages i love studying languages um it's just all it all reflects the creativity of god Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's just amazing to think okay all of this came out of his mind
1: yeah That's right, and can point to him exactly. Yeah, and is is intended to. In your writings, you always ask one more question than most people do of a passage. I think that grew out of your journalistic background. Why? Why political science? You know, just hearing you talk about travel and cultures and all of that, um, you put you put those things together and. And other things, and I I think you are you are a great picture of God's favorite meal being a casserole because it's it's things that would seem to be random, and it's like could he just not decide what he was supposed to do for yeah, a while? Yeah, that's, that's
2: what it looks like. I it didn't know does, what I was going to do when I grow up. and, yeah, and that, that's still the case. <laughs> I don't
1: I don't think that's it. I mean, how do you how do you view what's the unifier? of all of those things that to an outside viewer would look at a resume and go, this is pretty random.
2: Yeah. And and I I think there's two ways to look at that. One is, um, why did I go in this direction? and Was that counterproductive? And was I just not following God? And (laughs) and a lot of times, you know, that may be the case. I mean, it may be that I've gone in directions that it's like, that was my wisdom. That wasn't God's wisdom. Um, Not necessarily bad, just not not the particular direction he had for me. Yeah, but um, then
1: God's but God, not going to waste that.
2: No, he doesn't. He 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 takes whatever we've been through and he redeems that and you know, he's kind of seen it ahead of time too and yeah. and planned for that ahead of time. And and so it's I think there's a lot of things we look at in our lives that we think are random or pointless or detours that that Actually, turn out not to be even things that on the surface weren't productive in ways we thought they were going to be productive. Still, work something inside of us that that comes out and and shapes who we are and and causes us to think and or see in in different ways. Hmm. So yeah, there's I it, it does look like I could never and still can't decide what to, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to do when I grow up. It's all right, but it, it's like it, and again we see this in in biblical characters all the time and the patriarchs look at what god used that might not have been wisdom at the time but he knew about it and he planned for it ahead of time it became part of the story that he intended all along Mm
1: -hmm. um i love the term renaissance man and you know i've i've read about a lot of renaissance people you you are to me a modern day renaissance person to the point of great annoyance Um, i remember one day you were you were, um, you'd brought a couple of paintings into your office and you were trying to decide, do I hang these? Where do I put them? And I go, oh, those are really cool. Where'd those come from? And you kind of said, oh, I, 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 I did those. And I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? You know, and, and, and he's like, "Ah." Eh. You know, I, I I do a lot of things poorly, and, and I, I just I, I had to like walk out of the room, I you know, because there yeah there's all there's several shelves of of books that you've mm-hmm. written, and and that, now we're gonna hang up some paintings, and I I read in your extended bio that uh oh there's also the piano and the guitar and and it's it's like I mean again more than about anybody that I personally know, it's like. You are packing a lot into a life, um, and it just gives God more things to draw on and forms more ways to connect with people. But have you? I mean, have you always been that way? Were you ADHD as a child? You know, and and, and all this, or or where does that come from?
2: I don't know. I have really scattered interests, and I'll get in, involved in something and do that for a little while, and then I'll get tired of it and do something else and then years later I'll come back to that same thing so it's it's kind of cyclical I've always admired those people who who go deep in one thing and they're known for that one thing um, and 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 they're masters at it um, I've I've sort of skimmed along the surface of a lot of different things and over time you get a little bit deeper and a little bit deeper so uh, it 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 gets you know still doesn't go as deep as somebody who majors on one one thing and does that really well but i just i enjoy a lot of different things i've i've got and, and you can probably relate to this uh, so many books that i want to read that i may never get around to and so many languages i want to learn that i'll never get around to. yeah <laughs> uh, but it's it, it goes back to that all the variety that god has put into creation and it's not just the cross-cultural stuff it's the uh, it's learning about history it's learning about um uh, about uh, theology, it's learning about all kinds of different things, and and learning about creative expression, which which I'm, I, I still attempt and am never satisfied with, but, but yeah, always always love experimenting with it.
1: You just kind of walked into my office one day with sort of this glazed, panicky look, and I think if I were to summarize it, you just like feel. I cannot write another devotional. Do you remember? <laughs> I do. Do you remember? I, I remember
2: that? several times and over several years. Yeah, that.
1: yeah. And yet, um, you've write, written other things, and you've helped a lot of folks like me who, if I sit down to write, it'd be once upon a time there was a man named Joseph, and then I'm kind of like get word blocked after <laughs> that. And you're like, will you just trust me? Will you just talk? Will you just and and then and then you take thoughts and I go. That's exactly what I was trying to say. But but um, why do you keep why do you keep coming back to writing a devotional?
2: I think I more naturally write in daily chunks uh, than in long chapters. I mean, I've written some things that include long chapters and even academic work and stuff like that. So it's not that I can't do that. It's just. Um it's it seems to come more naturally just to take a topic, an issue, a Bible verse, explore that and 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 put it in something that's consumable in a fairly short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and you know, devotionals are that's that's what that is.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean you may write in daily chunks, but having worked with you for a long time, um that isn't how you write. I mean, what, I, I love to interview artists. I love to interview writers and get a little into what their process is, you know. And it's it's not one size fits all. No, this it definitely is how you do is it. Not. I mean, I know people who are like, I will not close my eyes at night unless I've written at least, you know, 500 words every day, whether I feel like it or not. Mm-hmm. You, you, at least I believe, you are a really streaky Writer, <laughs> yes. and I, I mean, I know a couple of projects we've done together. We're like, I'm, I'm just gonna go away for a cabin, and then you'll come back. and Go, okay, here's, here's the first six chapters. Um, I, I took your talks from DVDs, and here's, a, see what you think. And I'm like, you did this in a weekend. I mean, you, you have, um, you have not always been loved by your coworkers that walk through the Bible because of that. How, how? I mean, there's a flip side of that too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. There's times when there's when, when there's it, dips when it and seems not like pushing an
2: enormous boulder up a hill just to even get started. But yeah, I tell people I have a manic depressive work style. Yeah. Um, it's it's I'm all on or, or I'm all off, at least in terms of writing. Did um, you
1: how long did it take you to accept that and stop going? If I were just more disciplined, I wouldn't be like that.
2: It took a while because you hear of people who write four hours a day or two hours a day or something like that, um, and, and just have that daily, little bit of a time discipline. And that's great, um, and that works wonderfully with some lifestyles um, and, and some personalities. For me, um, i found that the hardest part of writing is ramping up into it, and once I'm there, I've got momentum. I yeah. stop. Um, and why, why ramp up into it every single day?
1: Why sleep? Yeah. Why sleep? Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> so once I'm going, I tend to it's like, all right, I'm going to work on this 12, 14, 16 hours a day for several days, and see how far I get in it, um, and then I'll if, I'll take a break and ramp back up into it another mm-hmm. time if I need to. So yeah. um, it. it but there's, you're right. There is no one size fits all. There's so many different personalities, and there are people who uh, do much better writing an hour a day or or, or a, wor- a certain word count a day or something yeah. like that.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and they're able to set aside a time every day to do that. Um, there are great benefits to that as well.
1: Mm. Uh, a few years ago, um, we started having a series of conversations um, about a new dream that God was putting in your heart. Um, to be a professor. And that was going to be going back to school, working on a PhD. Um, and um, I, I, I can remember you going, okay, I've listed you as a reference. They'll probably call you. Um, I don't know if my religious background will be a barrier, it could likely be. And um, it was not a barrier. But, but, Catch everybody up on on your life, um, the PhD at, at Georgia State, and and now teaching there as well. And and you know, you and I are roughly the same age. I think probably a little younger than I am. But it's it's like, in some ways, a lot of your life has built to this. So, catch us up. What are you what are you doing now?
2: And, yeah, I am. Um, I finished my uh, PhD uh, last summer. Uh, so it was a five-year program. I managed to actually do it in five years, which is, which is, I'm, I'm proud of that. <laughs> it doesn't always happen. Um, but I, I finished it in five years and um, then accepted a, it, it's a, it's not a permanent position. It's a visiting lectureship uh, okay. at Georgia State. So I am in that right now. Um, that That is either for a year or two years. It can go up to two years. Um my goal what what i would love to do is um and this is something that cannot happen at a at a large state university um which which is fine for now but my my goal would be uh, to in an academic setting kind of incorporate um some elements of discipleship at, at like a Christian University, um, mm-hmm. being able to, you know, sure the academics are are still the same in terms of rigor and understanding um, things intellectually, understanding the the past, um, but but teaching history um, like I'm doing now, but also with a biblical worldview in there. Not, uh, I, I don't believe in indoctrination, but I do believe in kind of training people in, in ways to think and see biblically, um, so that they can. Formulate they they can in their relationship with God uh, come to an understanding of the world um, that you don't necessarily get just from studying the facts or the dynamics from from a non biblical perspective. Right. Uh, so that I, I see that as sort of my my gateway or my ticket into that that sort of relationship. I would love to at least have a part in shaping the next generation in being able to uh, kind of see the world, see the past, uh, see see all of history um from a biblical perspective i i I liken it to or i justify it by envisioning that in heaven we're we're all going to be historians look at what god did in this situation look at how he redeemed that all of it is is i mean it's on display for the universe to see what what god has done how he redeemed how he overcame evil um all of that that's that's history and we can start that now um and and so that's uh that's that's my long-term goal right now i'm just enjoying um having students getting getting my feet wet and, and uh in the discipline of teaching and and learning how to do a better job of that
1: and it's history but it's i mean it's pretty narrow focus of history that certainly isn't completely distanced from everything that you've studied earlier in your life, right? I mean, what's the what's the focus of your teaching?
2: Um, well, it, it is actually kind of scattered right now. I was, my dissertation was on late medieval uh, Christian Europe, so kind of pre-Reformation, what okay. pre-Reformation Christianity looked like and some of the things that led to the Reformation. Um, but I, one of my minors was world history. I'm actually teaching US history right oh, now, even that. though okay. I, I have no background in that. Uh, but it's the just again the diversity and and learning something new is is um has been really good uh i can think of all kinds of history courses that that i'm interested in would like to teach and some some could go ahead and teach some i would need to prepare a little more but uh, generally in terms of of christian history jewish history religious history in general Mm -hmm. um that intersection of roman empire and hellenism and um, and Judaism that became the, the, uh, that intersection where Christianity sprung out of. Um, there's just so much of it that's, that's Mm -hmm. fascinating, uh, that, yeah, I love to explore it all.
1: What's one of the most recent writing projects that you're excited about and, and how do you think God could use, um, that new book in in people's lives who are listening right now?
2: Mm. Uh, my most recent devotional, which just came out in the fall a few months ago, um, is the One Year Praying in Faith devotional. And... Um, this is one of those times where I was not going to write another devotional, and then I thought ah, I'd really like to do one more. And it goes back to—I mean, it, it draws from a lot of periods of history, a lot of people's experiences, a lot of different places in the Bible. But it, it sort of majors on that—that um, that period in the in the modern missions movement that, that were very strongly faith-oriented. Hudson Taylor, George mm-hmm. Mueller. Um, people, uh, Amy Carmichael, people from, uh, from that period, uh, and how they had to rely on God being so far away from home, Um, how they had to uh, receive a promise from him, believe that it's going to be fulfilled, and then manage their heart in that gap between promise and fulfillment, which we all have to do. And, And this is basically what that is about. It's, it's, Managing it's understanding the dynamics of faith, understanding how to navigate that gap between promise and fulfillment, uh, so that you're maintaining faith and not just wishes or, um, or all the other mental gymnastics that we go through uh, that that tend to conflict with our faith or undermine it.
1: Mm, I'm totally going to read that. I haven't I haven't even seen that one yet. So look, looking forward to that one. Um, there's folks listening to this now that they've loved this conversation, but it also has stirred something in them. Because when I open the Bible, I don't sense that connection. Mm -hmm. I don't. It's not joyful. It's if I do it, it's kind of out of obligation. Um, Or I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. I mean, what would you say to somebody who's listened to this conversation? And in one sense, it's motivating. In another sense, it's discouraging because mm-hmm. they, want, they want what you've been describing. Yeah. What would you say?
2: I've been there even fairly recently, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, something that's hard to admit uh, or, or maybe surprising to admit. Uh, but we all go through these phases in our spiritual life, and sometimes that happens early on, uh, and it can be really discouraging for people. Um, I, I would... For that, I would recommend um, skipping it as an obligation. No, nothing to check off on a list. Um, but maybe take a really encouraging verse, find one, um, and, and take that and meditate on it and say, Lord, how do you want to apply this verse to my life today? A lot of times we, we bring life to the Bible and say, um, find me something that applies to my life. Well, go ahead and find something and then ask God how it fits into your life it may take a little while but you'll I think people uh, who do that or will, will find themselves a little surprised after a while that um, oh this applies in this way and, uh, and and it's not necessarily what they would get from a from a superficial reading of, of the verse uh, but just just have one that you chew on for a while mm-hmm. no no set time limit um, Again, nothing to check off of a list. But then, once you've done that for a while, I'll find another one, um, and and once you do that, it starts to create those connections where it's where you're you're bringing the Bible to life uh, rather than bringing life to the Bible. Both are good, but um, sometimes reversing that can can create that spark.
1: I think. Mm-hmm. Great. That's not how I thought you would answer that question. <laughs> that there's a lot of insight in that. Um, Chris, thank you. Thank you for this conversation today. Thank you for the 20-year-plus friendship and um, being partners in the gospel like Paul used to talk about. I um, I have truly been blessed to be your friend and be your co-worker. And I look forward to what the next season holds. I don't know what that is, um, but you can get, you can reach Chris, um, a, a website is just chris-tigreen. Don't leave out the hyphen, chris-tigreen.com. And um, a lot of your resources are there, but also a, a, a way to contact you. And uh, thank you for your ministry through Walk Through the Bible and far beyond that. Um, I really do love you, my brother.
2: Well, thank you. And I feel exactly the same way and and just so appreciate the 20 years of, of, of knowing you and being with Walkthrough, and it's been my pleasure. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, every time we get together, um, a lot of times it's somebody I've never met before. Today has been easy. The only hard part has been keeping this under three hours. Um, but this is exactly the kind of connection that we love to see of what's the intersection between God's story and a person's story. Because the Bible is not something external out there. You know, it is a living and active book. And just, just what Chris said about sometimes we bring our life to the Bible, sometimes we bring the Bible to our life. That's exactly the reason that we wanted to create this resource, this podcast called Step Into the Story. Um, tell your friends about it. Tell your friends about it. Um, check out one of Chris's newer resources and um, let me know what you think about it. We'll see you next time that we get together on Step Into the Story.
0: Thank you for joining us for the Step Into the Story podcast, powered by Walk Through the Bible. We'd love to hear what you think by giving us a review on iTunes or Google Play. Also, don't miss a single episode by clicking the subscribe button. If you'd like more resources to help you explore and live God's Word in your daily life, visit walkthrough.org. That's W-A-L-K. THRU.ORG. Walk through the Bible, take a walk, change the world.